All right, here we are inside Fitness Radio with a very special guest, our friend Ammer the Hammer. What's going on, Ammer? What's up, man? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming out here. We also have Costa. Costa's on the Inside Fitness Radio team. Costa, say hi to everyone. Hey, everybody. Costa, what's your role in all of this? Sure to hang out, Terry. I'm just your foil. Are you the sidekick? This is the sidekick. All right. I love it. So you're going to be asking some questions and uh, grilling myself and also uh, Amory here. Amory's in the hot seat. Let's go. Start. All right. So Amory, let's start off with uh, how did you get into all this? How did you get into fitness? Where did it all start? It was actually an accident. I kind of got into it by accident. I think most people do. You kind of just fall into it. I was playing football for the last my teenage years and um i was just in really good shape just from playing football and then i kind of outgrew that um like i started doing some some fashion stuff and i outgrew that and then based on that i just was trying to look for a different avenue to get into so what kind of fashion stuff we talk about the sears catalog like what, what are we, no. what are we going on here <laughs> victoria's secret yeah victoria's secret yeah. spill the beans here victoria's secret <laughs> Stuff like that. So what? Bras, when you're panties. <laughs> it's a good issue. I was, I was actually doing runway stuff a lot of like for urban brands like Ed Hardy, Smet, really? things like that. Yeah. So you're always kind of into it. And- it was just an accident. Total, so total accident. How did you get your, I guess would be your first photo shoot? You were a competitor. I mean, uh, tell me where that all started. started yeah, I did a like- photo shoot for when I was 18 years old for a magazine that doesn't exist. Um and then I got published in it. Which one was this? Beyond Fitness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? That? Yeah, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's so you got published in that magazine. And then so that was kind of your first start. And then, yeah, and then I, there, you, you hooked up with photographer. Yeah, I hooked up with uh, the first person I really shot with in fitness was Arthur Arsenic. Oh, and, yes. Um, even, right. even to this day, myself, my clients, we shoot with him. And yeah. I got in, you know. So what year was this? What year are we going back to with Arsenic? 2010, 10 years. Oh, yeah, because you know what? To be honest with you, I do remember Arthur was the first guy who brought your name up to me and said, hey, took a, take a look at this guy. What do you think? And all that. And and uh, I do remember at that point, too, Arthur was impressed at your age and how motivated you were, Yeah, which I thought was kind of, okay, you know, let's see what this guy is up to. I like to think the story is I made Arthur famous, but there you go. Well, I wish he was here. I wish he was here to uh, to uh, rebuttal that one. But so, okay, um, you grew up on the east end of town, obviously in uh, Scarborough. Yeah, fellow Scarborough boy. Uh, yeah, Costa. Yeah. So, is this like the tough part of town, or what, guys? Where we where we're are the tough guys? Yeah, the it's mean streets, like South Central Oakville, where I am at. <laughs> no, don't hate on the borough. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of training stuff because I know this is right up Costa's alley. And, and earlier we were talking about your your training methods. And something I want to touch on first before getting into what you do today is when you were younger, what's some of the shit that you did that you're like, fuck, this is awesome. Part of my French everyone, but there's going to be cursing going on on this, on this podcast. What are things that you did when you were younger that you wouldn't even fucking do right now because you're like, this was stupid? Actually, if there is anything. Okay, so that's a that's a good one. The things that I was doing when I was younger were actually better for me than when I started to get heavily into fitness. So I was in really good shape playing football and I was just kind of eating more food. I wasn't depriving myself. I was just and I was in good shape. And then when I wanted to compete in fitness, I started listening to a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about, eat little food, do a lot of cardio, all these sorts of things. 
And as a result of doing that, I looked worse. I felt like crap. And I think that's the, that's what happens to most people. So it wasn't even what I did before fitness. Actually, when I got into fitness, there's so much information and there's so much misinformation and crappy yeah. knowledge. And, you know, it kind of led me down the wrong path. And it wasn't until I went back to what I originally did that everything worked the best. And that was just listening to what my body was telling me to do, you know, how to train, how to eat. When you feel like eating, you probably should eat, you know, your body gives you all these signals. And instead of neglecting them, I was, uh, you know, originally I wasn't neglecting them. And then when I got into fitness, I was neglecting them for the sake of following someone else's guidance. And that messed me up. So there's like so much bullshit out there and there's a lot of good in there as well. How, how does someone who's just kind of getting in there, figure out how to separate the fads and the, the marketing from the actual like good information and stuff that's going to make you better. How'd you find that? What do you, what do you tell people? Well, when I started, this is a good and a bad thing. There were no coaches at the time. There was no such thing as coaches. You know, it's just the biggest guy at the YMCA was a guy giving the advice to everyone. Right. And you kind of just listened to him and thought, okay, I guess that's what I got to do. Or you're listening to bodybuilders in magazines and guys like that. Right. And trying to follow what they do. So you know, I think that it, how do you, how do you distinguish or delineate the difference between the good and the bad is just find people that have, you know, proven success, people that have been doing it their whole lives. You know, that it, it's very easy to, what are the tells and other trainers? So if you're, if, if you were to go talk to other trainer and you just played stupid and say, Hey, you know what? I want to get in the shape. What things are you looking for to see these guys are full of shit or if they're for real? Is there anything that will, that'll be like, Hey, you know what? This guy looks like gimmick, anything, anything that's gimmick, anything that sells you on a dream, you know, like there's in anything in life, like there is no easy way to do things. So if anyone's selling you on an easy way to do things, then it's probably not the right way. All right. Fair enough. Now, earlier we were talking about uh, your training methods. I do want to get into this. You're saying that you've changed your, your method and yourself and your trainers. How many how many trainers do you work with? Explain to us your business model. Yeah, sure. Briefly. So we have 12 employees yeah. for in our business, Hammer Fitness. And so we opened a gym, um, which is essentially the headquarters for our business. So the majority of our coaches are online coaches, right? So they work with people all over the world. We work with people in every country of the world, Australia, Dubai, UK, anywhere you could think of Asia, we have clients everywhere. So, um, the model of our business is we have a specific coach for specific people. So we pair you with a coach that works best with whatever type of person you are. You know, some people need tough love. Some people need more encouragement. Like some people are moms, some, you know, so everyone's so different. We pair and that's why we have specific coaches because I would be lying to you if I said I could work with every type of person because I'm not for everyone and nobody's for everyone. Right. So, Anyone that is just willing to take your money, essentially, it's a lie because you can't just work with with any type of person. Like I'm too, I'm too much for a lot of people. So really, yeah, okay, you're well, probably Emmer, surprised. Hey, now, Emmer, now since you brought that up, I mean, I told you I was going to put you on the hot seat today, okay, and I was I wasn't lying. You know, I told a couple of people, well, I'll see uh, several people that who I was going to be interviewing today, and a lot of people will say, kind of, well, I see a lot of people say the same thing, but I've heard. Some things for some people, what, but some people want me to ask, you know, Amber's got his style of doing things, but you rub some people the wrong way. Some people will even go as far as calling you a bit of an asshole. Now you tell Terry, me. Terry, I said this in private too. Yeah. Right before. I <laughs> know, okay, let's be, yeah, let's be honest on. right now. Let's cost right now. Yeah. But okay, so what do you have to say about this? Because 
I mean, I think a lot of people hide from the reality of things in life and I'm just very honest. And I, I don't, I don't want to say a lot of words to get to the right word, you know, like why say 15 words to get to the one word that matters? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's everybody a, wants being, to be trained in a fitness, to be in a fitness competition now. Like, do you have to be really blunt with some people who don't have the genetics physique or whatever to get, go? Or you just what, tell them, yeah, you can put your look, mind Look, there's a anything. lot of people that want to compete, right? Not everyone's a competitor. There's a difference. So I, I specifically work with higher level competitors. That's the majority of what I do. Now, so not, you're, I, but I heard you're pretty tough. You're not fucking around with this is like because you say it, and I and I, I could kind of see it. I know you're always nice to me. You're not an asshole to me, and I don't see that far part. But I do kind of realize in the sport that you're in, the dedication, the sacrifice you're going to be. I don't necessarily think that you can be essentially going, okay, you know, Casa, you should really be taking you, this. You can't. You can't be very encouraging and very nice in the sense of it's not that I'm an asshole and I'm rude and I'm saying things that are you know, belittling to people. Okay. Yeah. If people interpret my, my, my authenticity of what I'm saying to be harsh, I mean, this is not for you. And the honest truth is the sport of competing or it's not for everyone and not everyone's a competitor. So people get into this because of the glamor of it. People aren't getting into, you know, like you don't get into football and just start playing football for the fun of it. Like so is it a, a bit of a weeding out process too it's, in your mind? Because I mean, I, I get it. I mean, you're I obviously very confident. in my business where yeah. I used to think when I lost clients, it was a bad thing because, you know, I take pride in my work. I'm, I, it's my life. And so I would think, man, like it's, it's a bad thing. Like, you know, I lost clients. And, and then I started to look at things that are more prestige, like getting, becoming Getting to the Navy is not as hard as becoming a Navy SEAL, right? It's harder to become yeah. a SEAL. Now, a thousand people will go through the Navy SEAL program and only 10 of them will get in or only 10 of them will last. But when you do last, you have a special job in, in the world or in, yeah. in, in the military, in the army, right? So it's the same thing with this. Like, sure, not every single person is going to last. But what I'm saying to you is I'm pretty much connecting the dots for you. I'm saying you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. Yeah. And if you can't do it, this is not for you. I'm not the one making the rules. I'm just the one that's giving you the blueprint so that you can get to the goal. So essentially, we've had people that say, well, this is just, you know, I I don't think I can meet your expectations. So ultimately, what you're saying to me is I don't want to be as good as I should be in order to do this. Therefore, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So does that mean you want to show up on stage looking fat? Well, I guess because your reputation is at stake here too, right? I mean, so you, you do take this personally, right? Absolutely. Right. Because if I come to you and say, get me in shape, and I'm not necessarily maybe doing what you want, you look at it as, well, hey, you're going to fuck me because my reputation on the stake, I'm putting you out there. Right. It's not even my reputation. It it creates a standard in my work. Like if I don't love my work because I'm not doing the good work, then I'm, it's going to perpetuate into everyone else. It's going to create like, now he's going to come to me and I'm not even going to give a shit about how he looks because you just set the standard that it's lower for everyone else. So you got to compare that to Louis Simmons, West Side, West Side barbell training. He doesn't, he'll kick you out. He does, if you're not a power lifter, if you're not fit as standards. Some guy came to our gym the other day and said, this reminds me of West Side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what, what kind of, yeah, we're let's talk about the gym. What kind of things do you not tolerate in your gym? Um, it's not about tolerate or not tolerate. It's really people what's are there the culture to work. Like? What's the culture? The culture feeds itself. Everyone, every, you know, here, here's the thing. People will think I'm an asshole, but everyone around me is a good person. Everyone's encouraging. Everyone's friendly. Everyone's helpful. Everyone's giving. Everyone's supportive. So we breed a culture of people that just want to see others succeed. People that help each other with, with no personal gain. 
Right. Yeah, that's one thing I could see as an outsider looking in. I've been to your gala and I've been to uh, some of the events. And I see that there, there's a lot of teamwork there. And the one thing that I think, you know, I can appreciate is that, you know, in order to build, it's good to have a good people around you. So, and I can see that you've done that. I, I went to one of your motivation uh, speeches, which was, this was what, maybe two, three years ago is the mind builder. Mm-hmm. We had one actually at the gym and then you had one here in Oakville. Yeah. And there was about maybe a hundred something people here. And I, and I thought this was, to be honest with you, I thought this was crazy. I'm like, you got, I got a hundred people to show up on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon to hear you talk. Obviously I thought it was very intriguing. There's a lot of things that you have to say. And I think at your age, it's impressive. Um, I will say though, when you do talk some of these things, you're a little fast trying to keep up with it. I, I think my brain I, works a bit faster than yours. So, <laughs> well, maybe I guess now he's so. coming back at you. Oh wow! Now it's gonna, now it's it. now we're starting. Okay. So, what's your biggest pet peeve? With I mean, you've been around what ten years now. What's changed the most in your industry? How have you had to had to adapt to people? Like, are the, are people want to? What do you mean? Shortcuts? What do you mean pet peeve. Like, pet that's peeve, a very like, vague thing just, here. Like, well, I see what drives you crazy. Right what drives now? me crazy is people don't want to train hard anymore. They want to go to for gimmicks. Okay. So, so okay, hold on. I hold on. What, he's seeing it on the front lines. At his age, because you're he's younger 30. than me. Yeah. Sorry? 30. 30. Now, I mean, listen, I know it cuts off millennials and all this stuff, but you're a lot you're younger than me. And, and when you see it, so what drives you crazy maybe, Casa, about the people your age or the things you see in fitness now? Is this yeah, what see it fitness now compared to when you started in terms of, is it hard to get people in shape? Do people not want to work as hard or do they want to work as hard? Has it gotten better? I don't know. You're on the front lines right now. You know, a lot of people would say the opposite, that it got worse, but I think it got better in many ways because, I mean, more people are doing it. Therefore, there's going to be more better people. So I'm focusing on the people that are better, which is a bigger pool of them now, right? Um, There's reasons why it's not as good as it once was. And I think, obviously, that's social media, um, which allows you to – it just – it creates a different industry ultimately before, if you were to compete, there was no Instagram. So you would literally pick a show. You didn't know who was going to be there. You didn't know, you don't even know what you should really look like to be honest, because there was nowhere to look at that besides magazines from previous years. So you didn't know what your competition looked like. You knew nothing. All you knew was that you had to work as hard as you could and then show up on that day and hope for the best. Literally. That was it. There was no looking at other people's stuff. There was no comparing yourself to anyone. It was just literally do as much as you possibly can because you didn't even know what the minimum requirement or the 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 the, the golden standard was. So all you knew was that you had to put in 100% effort and then you show up and just hope for the best. And one of the things you see, and you talk about 100% effort, I, I, and I want your opinion on this, with social media is a lot of the guys come on here, and I think we all know who they are, who come on and talk about just what gear they're taking instead of what the work that's put in. So it looks like that this is all you need, but they don't, it gives people the impression that the reality is different. What do you think about that? Well, the the funny thing about that, the honest truth is the guys that look the best are not taking the most drugs. And that's the honest truth. I've worked with a 300 pound bodybuilder that takes less drugs than a men's physique athlete doing his first show, natural show. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, the honest truth is, 
at the end of the day, it ultimately comes down to genetics, who has the best genetics and the guys with the best genetics are going to go the furthest. And those guys don't need to be doing the most amount of things anyways. They don't well, hey, need how to you tap trained. into those genetics too, though, right? I mean, oh, you yeah. could have the genetics. It's the work plus genetics, right? You'd you know those. if you had the genetics. Like if you had to take so much drugs, destroy your body, your family, quit your job, like what most people are doing and you're not even a pro. You don't have the genetics for this. You'd know if you had the genetics for this. I train. I, I don't have the genetics. That's why I got into coaching and what do you uh, think? this what do you podcast. Opinion? You think he's got the genetics to start no. competing? We all know the answer Zero. to that. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Come on. Start why are you going to call me out? I called Look, myself out on get that. Get some anabolic chicken? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, Head down late. to uh, Kuwait. There's a certain amount of genetics to get you far, and then there's another level of genetics to get you to the top. Those guys in the top five of any sport are genetic Oh, well, I right? mean, yeah, you could say guys like Michael Phelps are genetically gifted in some aspects. Yeah. Okay, but so I also what, do believe, too, I mean, listen, when it comes to uh, genetics, but there's also the will to do things. I mean, that's that's the, that X factor, right? The mind. It's part of your genetics. It's part of your genetics, for sure. But there's things you can train for, and there's things that you have a natural ability that you're genetically gifted. You know, I so happen to have decent calves. <laughs> those never, are cows, never not calves. Never worked them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and then I also think, you know, there's, there's that mental aspect, but that's, you know, well, no sport is done right. Meaning like it's dangerous in every way, right? People tear knees, they tear ankles, they tear their wrists. Every sport has a lot of cons to it because it's uncontrollable, right? You're put, you're literally pushing yourself to your capacity. So if we're talking about genetic in any sport, if you're pushing yourself as hard as you can, what, what are good genetics, good genetics is your ability to tolerate more crap, right? The more crap that you do, at some level, my body's going to break down before yours or your body's going to break down before mine. So it's the person that can get away with doing the most amount of crap before breaking down. It becomes a war of attrition, really, at the highest levels. There's nothing healthy about high-level sports. Exactly. So it's whoever can tolerate the most. Tolerate the most amount of crap, and you're going to go the furthest, Right. So that's all it ultimately is because no sport is done properly. There's no perfect form. There's no, you know, Tom Brady's throwing a football. He's not throwing it with perfect form in terms of a healthy way. Yeah. Right. Now let's go back to um, motivation. What motivates you? Um, I don't really think about that, to be honest. I just created a life where I have to work. Uh, okay. <laughs> Being homeless. Being homeless. <laughs> the fear of. Okay, wait, okay. When you were younger, were there was there anyone that you looked up to that you thought, okay, I'm not saying, listen, I can tell you, I didn't really have someone like a role model, and I don't like to use that word too, you know, heavy because I don't think anyone's perfect. But it was there an inspiration, or I guess when you're younger too, you look up to certain people. Who who did you look up to? Who did you admire at least? The the honest truth is nobody really, but I knew that I didn't want to be where I was. It wasn't that I was looking at someone's life and thinking, you know, that's how I want to be or that's where I want to get to. It's more of just. Was there any trainers you looked up to like Paula Quinn? Was there any principals or anything like that? that no, because you know? I even this was even getting into coaching people wasn't what I thought I was going to do. It was kind of just all happened. Yeah. You know, I'm actually more I have more motivation in my life now than I did before. Before growing up, my motivation was to not be poor anymore. My motivation was to. You know, not grow up and continue and see live the way my family grew up, right? Whereas my motivation now is I have employees, I have people to feed, I have people that rely on me. So it's now my motivation has shifted, but it's more of a responsibility to other people. Whereas at one point it was just like, let's just do this for fun, try to make something of it, and then see what happens. Now, how much ego is involved in all of this? It's always ego. 
everything is ego. Yeah. Ego's, ego is a very good thing in business. Like in business, I want to see you die. Like if you're my competitor, I hope you die. But, you know, as a man, I don't want to see you die. Yeah, you're driven to uh, to beat everyone and be the best. Yeah. Essentially. Very cool. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're looking at me. Well, you got Costa. We got some more training stuff we want to get into here before we... Uh, what do you like and know? Are you stick to the basics? Do you find as you get older? Are you finding some new things? What do you, uh, without giving away any of your trade secrets? Oh, we'll give away secrets. Let's go. We're giving yeah. away secrets. Yeah. Here we go. Terry. A couple. We need a couple. Yeah, we need a couple secrets. Well, I went through a lot of injuries myself, right? And it goes back to what I was saying about genetics and tolerance. So I got really injured because I was very good at pushing myself. Like that's what I'm very good at, and that. But that's only going to take you so far in anything that you do. Like you can work hundred hour weeks in your job, but it doesn't mean you're going to be successful in the long term. You can make a bit of a, a decent amount of money in the short term, but you're not doing that for 10 years. You know, you're not pushing your body crazy hard for 20 years and not expecting it to break down on you. Like Ronnie. Yeah. That, that's what happens. Right. Yeah. So now let's look at someone like Ronnie. Did he have to put his body through all of that to win those titles? Maybe not. I don't think he knew any other way. How though? Exactly. But there are smarter ways of doing things. And it's all about understanding how you load load forces onto the body, right? Learning how to contract the muscle and load and create torque at every joint so that you're not loading a, an extensive amount of weight like that, right? Because what these guys are doing is just lifting a lot of weight, destroying their joints, but they're not even getting what they can be getting out of it if they were doing things properly. Now, how many uh, people have you trained that have... Uh one shows you have stats like most trainers do like some guys are really specific with how many no, first second thirds i'm, I'm, I'm not one have. of those kind of people that collects stats because i don't think it really matters really you know i mean every other trainer in canada seems yeah, to have like, like, like 80 bios. silver place or you know yeah. I, i've never, no, I've never you don't you don't, you don't no. put it out there no it doesn't even matter i've had but i, I see you guys on social media quite strong i mean maybe it's just your following but your your team seems to i mean i see that you guys are very supportive why why is that what, what makes you think that your team is just so supportive? I'm extremely strict on my expectations of our employees, myself, and even our clients. You strike me like that guy that you have higher expectations. You must be someone who's a little bit difficult to live with. Oh, very <laughs> difficult to live with. <laughs> hey, Amber? Yeah, very difficult. How's a personal life going? Oh, well, let's not get oh, here we go. Now we're going to an area right here for business advice. Yeah. <laughs> personal advice. Turn the table on you? Are you hard to live with? Very. I actually it, don't talk too much, surprisingly. But here's the I bet you you're probably one of those guys you you want us things done in a particular way. Yes, extremely specific. I, I kind of share that trait with you a little bit. Yeah. I always say it's not right or wrong, it's my way. Yeah. But what about enough? nutrition? What about nutrition? Because we know the training's great, consistency, work hard. What do you recommend for people in terms of trying to dial in their nutrition for their goals and supplementation and whatnot? Keeping it basic in terms of nutrition is always good. In terms of everything, it's keep, keeping it basic. Because when you start overcomplicating things, you have to combat one thing with another, right? And then you just get so far away from the truth because you're trying to do a million different things that are that accumulate to 1% of what really matters. So in terms of nutrition, me personally, I don't even like deviating when I'm dieting from, from the day-to-day plan. Like there's no, okay, today I'm going to eat chicken instead of fit. Like it's just... Milton. You know, you know, there's the battle now between, you know, the, if it fits your macros, the paleos, the ketos, the standard bodybuilding diets, what's the, where do you weigh in on this? You're going to lose weight on every diet. As long as the amount of calories you are consuming is less than the calories you're burning. So you could do that with higher fats. You could do that with lower fats. You can do that with higher carbs. You can do that with no carbs. You can, so 
there's many different ways to achieve that. It's what's most sustainable for you. I mean, you're going to follow a keto diet. Can you not eat carbs for the rest of your life? Because if the answer is no, then you're guaranteed to gain fat afterwards because you, you can't adhere. Adherence is more important than anything. Okay, let's talk about resistance training. Tell me now this, the article that's uh, in Inside Fitness in this current issue, where did this start from? Tell me your- about Sure, yeah. So it's, it's understanding forces, right? Understanding how forces are applied to the body, how your body- utilizes forces right what a great magazine i think that's it's available at newsstands everywhere jacked so the title change the way you look at weight so when when you're lifting weight in the gym right like let's say you do an name an exercise let's say a, a side shoulder raise side yeah. lateral raise what determines anything in that exercise when you're when you're lifting the weight like if you how much weight do you use 10 pounds let's say 15 pounds sure let's go with uh let's say 10 pounds. keep it simple 10 yeah because okay. we're gonna do math so we gotta keep it kilos simple. doing kilos okay no. that really what confuses that really confuses stone. me yeah, we'll yeah. when i was in europe trying to lift weight i didn't know what i was lifting yeah stones exactly stones. okay so yes 10 pounds okay so Double you lift 10 percent you, you lift 10 pounds so is it are you lifting 10 pounds through the whole range of the movement, through the whole excursion of the movement? No. No, why not? Yes. No, guess different, different angles. Loaded, loaded forces. Forward. Come on, levers. Okay, so what, yeah, what determines these forces? Whatever, gravity. You said it's a word, friend. gravity. The levers, the fulcrum, yeah. you know, it's old school physics. Yeah, moment arm, Yeah. right? So the amount of torque, anything that rotates, there's something called torque. Torque is the effectiveness of a force, right? So when yeah. force is applied to something, it creates torque. When you, Let's say you're using a crowbar or a wrench. The longer the wrench, the easier it is to turn the nut, yeah. right? Why? Because there's more leverage. There's more torque being created at that joint. So there are two components of torque. One of them is the amount of force applied, right? So Or the amount of weight, right? So yeah. let's say you're lifting a dumbbell. That dumbbell is 10 pounds. So that's 50% of the equation. It's 100 for Terry. Yeah. Or if he's doing side raises yeah. Yeah, with those shoulders. 150. Depends. Okay. And the other 50% of the equation is what? The moment arm, the perpendicular distance from the axis of rotation, which is your shoulder and the line of force where the dumbbell is, right? So at every range in that movement, let's say I'm raising my arm up, I'm getting further and further away from the axis of rotation. So let's say I'm 10 inches away right now mm. times... 10 pounds, that's 100 pounds of force. But let's say I'm only five inches away. Well, that's 50 pounds of force. So the force is changing based upon the force angle, based upon the moment arm, and then which then influences the torque of that joint, which influences how much muscles, how much your muscles being utilized. So if you understand that, and this is why most people have, you know, elbow issues, knee issues, bicep issues, all these sort of issues. Then we throw these terms around, like doctors throw these terms around. Well, you have tennis elbow, you have, you know, tendonitis, all these sorts of things. It's really a lack of understanding of the forces that you are applying to your body, right? Yeah. And if you don't understand those forces, well, you're lifting weights wrong all the time. And yours, for the most part, the way most people lift weight is they lift the heaviest amount of weight or create the most amount of force in the positions they're weakest, which then continues to perpetuate the cycle of getting weaker where you're weakest and stronger where you're stronger until the point you get hurt, you know, yeah. because your, your joint, your, your tendons, your ligaments, they can't tolerate that amount of force being applied. 
So what about uh, when the power lifters to create, to keep a steady resistance to the whole, they'll use bands or chains or whatnot. How does that belong in a regular person's program or do you even use that? So powerlifting is a total opposite, diametric opposite of bodybuilding, right? Because powerlifters want to create a path of least resistance. Right. Whereas in bodybuilding, I want to create a path of most resistance. I want to create more resistance, create more tension in the muscle by lifting less weight. It doesn't mean lift light, but I don't want to move the weight as fast. Whereas a powerlifter wants to move the weight as fast as they possibly can. So the faster they move the weight, they get to the goal, it, the lift is done. Now, weight or Strength is actually me- measured in, in speed and, and, and in time, right? The more weight you can lift over a shorter amount of time Force means you're stronger. Mass times acceleration. Yes, makes you stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you do that, in bodybuilding, you're not going to create enough tension in that muscle. So you're not going to create any growth in that muscle. So in powerlifting, these guys want to lift the most amount of weight in the least amount of time. Whereas in bodybuilding, we want to lift the most amount of weight or create the most amount of force in the most amount of time. So if you're training like a power lifter, you're, you're not going to, if you're training like a hybrid bodybuilder power lifter, where you're lifting a lot of weight under a lot of time, your body's probably going to break down. You're not going to get the most optimal benefit of what you're trying to accomplish. Very cool. Now I wanted to get into uh, uh, Canadian athletes. Who do you, uh, what do you think about the uh, current crop of uh, Canadian fitness athletes? It's probably the best it's ever been in the history of the sport of bodybuilding and classic physique and all these uh, divisions. Are there uh, some people you're looking out for who you think will do very well? Depends which category we're talking about. Let's go with uh, men's physique. Let's go with some dudes. There's so many different divisions now. Start with bodybuilding. No, we're no, not getting into bodybuilding. Right. I'm going to start with physique because I think most of the people who will be listening to this are going to let's look at physique. Who do you think uh, has potential that you've seen? Maybe under your wing or even under… Is uh, Regan still bodybuilding or is he back in uh, physique? I think he's going into… He did classic and bodybuilding. But he's he's. I think he's going to do very well as a bodybuilder. Chris Bumstead. Chris Bumstead's classic physique, and obviously he's done. These guys are our top guys in the country right now. Yeah, it's classic physique and overtake bodybuilding. Do you think is that the new? Because it's exploding right now. I think it already has. No, but there's always going to be a market for bodybuilding because it's a freak factor, and people love seeing freak shows. People love seeing different and unique. You know, like a classic physique guy, you'd see him in a gym and thinks he looks really good. A bodybuilder in the gym, you'll see when they're in shape and you can't stop looking because it's rare, right? right? It's a scarcity. So we like things that are more scarce. Now, when you start talking about money, it's a whole other topic, right? Is the money there? Will it be there? Are people still going to want to do it in the future? I don't think so. I think we have more of an instant gratification mindset right now where people don't want to delay that for 10 years to become a bodybuilder. And it's just not going to happen. People aren't going to delay, you know, getting that gratification to build all that muscle for the next 10 years of their lives. People growing up on this now, you know, we're not seeing guys grow up wanting to be bodybuilders like 20 years ago. It's, I'm a bodybuilding fan, but I see now classic physique is just taking over. And I even watching generation iron three that comes out, everybody was talking about Regan, whereas 10 years ago would be completely different. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, how many times have you been published altogether? A lot. No, come on. Yeah. How many different, like, so different parts of the world? Because I know obviously. Yeah, I've been in a bunch of different magazines, bunch bunch of different publications, obviously Inside Fitness many times over the last 
Do you ever Eight work years. with uh, supplement companies? No, never, never, never wanted to work with. The honest truth is, I don't. I, I've yeah, it's just never it's not your thing. Yeah, it was never my thing. It wasn't the direction I ever wanted to go personally. You know, I wasn't. I never really put much emphasis on that in terms of being an athlete. But what do you think about about? I mean, this is about a business point of view. How about making money or extra money with like that? How is someone supposed to make money in this business these days? It's changed so much. How do you see a young guy coming up saying, "I want," or a young a young girl, "I want to make money in this business"? What's the, what's the way that you would tell them to go? Well, I think if you have that mindset, you're doing the wrong thing. You can't do something because you want to make money. Here's the thing: when I started doing this, there was no money to be made. I just did it because I loved it. Whereas now, everyone's saying, "Well." There's money to be made here. Let me go there. But they don't even know. They don't even care about the first thing about what they're doing. They don't care to help people. They don't care to like, I'm the asshole, but I actually like helping people, right? Like I actually want to help people. I don't, I don't want to do things for the wrong reasons. I don't want to make a few hundred bucks today if it means fucking you over. Because everyone wants to be an Instagram model. Yeah. And then what comes along with that? Well, I can make easy money if I'm an Instagram model. Like my employees are actually very different because the way they work, even though they're competitors pros, high level competitors, you know, they're in great shape, they're sponsored, they actually do it for the right reasons. And beyond any other one variable, I, I will only hire people because they truly want to help people. So if you're not in terms of coaching, now we're talking about if, if you're not doing it for the right reason, you're in the wrong industry, right? Like get into whatever you like doing, just become very good at that. And you'll make money somehow doing it. But most people aren't doing things because they want to be good at it. They don't want to master the craft. They don't want to do it for the right reasons. They just want to do it because like, oh, if I'm in great shape, people will pay me to, to send them diets. Like, and it's pretty easy because I can sit at home and just be an online trainer. And then you're going to get in trouble if you're uh, fake. Well, there's no one governing yeah. that, governing that industry. No, but the internet will call you out. We've seen with uh, the big one who she was on Good Morning America, yeah. Brittany Don Fitness. Yeah. So the internet will call you out pretty quick if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. What do you make of these uh, Instagram stars, Amber? What's your opinion? I mean, it's not their fault for, you know, like they, a lot of them, I'm not going to say all, but a lot of them that I've seen give out a lot of shit advice. Are there some that you like? Or is there anyone in particular that you say, well, this person does a good job? No. Really? No. Are you telling me there's not one out there? I mean, maybe you don't follow a lot of them. I can't imagine you're, you're sitting there watching too many stories, but from the ones that you've seen, there's not anything that catches your eye. Honestly, no. No, there's not. There's none that I look at that think like no. they know what they're talking about or, you know. How about uh, YouTube? See, here's, you know, someone explained to me once that, you know, Instagram, and I, I read this, I think it's like 4% of someone's day or something like that. So they're obviously going to show you that fakeness and it, well, they're going to show you the fakeness. They're being fake. The highlights. It. Yeah. But if you're going to be on YouTube and people who actually, you could see them really walk around talking there, you could see if they're real or not. You know what I mean? I'm sure you could see someone and go, okay, wow, this guy's actually, you know, is there, and is there anyone that uh, comes to mind? No, I don't really follow fitness people on YouTube. Or Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, other things than things that come across, across your way, right? If someone says, yeah. hey, have you seen? Uh, usually with me, it's like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? You see, you brought some guy the other day, and I didn't know who it was. But Which guy always send you? Every time. You, you don't know what day. the hell I'm so talking every, about. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't keep up with As I do it to make myself laugh because you just think I'm nuts. But I, I mean, for me, I hear this all the time. It's like, hey, have you heard of my friend? He's big on Instagram. I'm like, well, no, I haven't heard of <laughs> Oh, Larry Wheels. He's awesome. Larry, I'm sure he is. How, many, how big is he? 
Is he huge? Dude, he's huge. He, how he big? Doing, how big? No, how big is he on Instagram? What's his following like? Uh, a million people. Probably a million. Is he a million? Yeah. Wow. Dude, he was doing like bench pressing each two thirty five on each with the the full barbell each arm five reps each. Yeah, he's a freak. So yeah. he's someone who's just special. Yeah, he's sick. That's he's a genetic doing freak. Yeah, he's so a genetic something like freak. this. You would watch. You would know who Larry Wheels is. Yeah, like I'd watch it's their stuff. Like it's like a that's entertaining. A, wow, it's entertaining. Cool, so all factor. Yeah, you know, but I'm not gonna learn anything. How about Callum? What do you think of Callum? No, I don't watch his stuff. Really? No. He's actually one of the guys that I actually do I watch. I love Callum. Yeah, he's, he's got Callum. a personality got and personality. he backs it up. It, to me, it's just like how it was Mitz's videos back in the 90s with Ronnie the Unbelievable. <laughs> the, the, the name Mitsuru Akabi. Mitz, yeah, he's, he's wow. a pioneer, He used bro. to wear knee pads because yeah. he was always doing a video. He was getting down on the ground. Yeah. The, the one guy I did used to watch was Rich Piana. I used to like his videos. He's great videos. Yeah, yeah his yeah. videos were. Very you know, good. and I just thought, listen, I mean, he's he's no longer with us, and it's sad. But uh, I just thought he was like crazy. I just couldn't believe that people were buying this shit. That's I mean, it's a freak factor. People want to see though. freaks. I liked his videos. You know, maybe I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist. I've been in this business since uh, the '90s, and 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 I was kind of against tattoos, even with the mag. I'm not gonna lie to you. Now we we put them on covers. I know it's stylish well, and trendy. Normal, yeah. But I just thought it was weird that you're gonna get into bodybuilding and work so hard on your physique and then cover it up. And then Piana goes the next step, and he's getting guys. I mean, listen, my impressions are going to Germany, walking by his booth seeing big guys with tattoos on their face and it is a freak show and them talking about steroids and drugs and all this stuff. And then they're trying to sell supplements. I mean, I just didn't think it was that made, cool, made but I didn't watch his videos. But that's why I liked his videos. It's just yeah. not normal. How about CT Fletcher versus uh rich piano? Was that uh, even close for you guys or what? Did they have no, beef? Yeah. I thought it was like Jason Genova versus rich piano. I don't even know. I don't even know now who's big. Oh, that on. guy Mack truck. Mac truck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac truck. So, well, I, I these think are those all beefs are, all... are fake, man. Of course they bullshit. are, because they know it like... gets views. Are we gonna, gonna, do, are we gonna do this at the pro show? We're gonna have some fake beefs. We're gonna go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Slap corner some people someone? around. Why Let's not? Go. Yeah. Let's go. So you have people competing in the Toronto Pro Show. Yeah, we have a few people. Now, how is that when you go down? I mean, I've seen you backstage. I always see you staring at people, and you look so <laughs> fucking pissed. You look like for real. Like, don't talk to them. But then you come up to me, and you kind of smile, and you'll chuckle. But I mean, when I see you looking at people, you have these eyes where it's like- <laughs> Game face. Yeah. It's like if lasers come out of your eyes, that's you right there. Is it because you're just so into Is your competitive personality? I didn't personality. notice I do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, mean, listen, down, I would I like to be one of your athletes the way you look at me. Because like, you look at him like, I, I kind of remind you of Joe Weider when he used to stare at people and say, okay, we need to do this. But he's literally doing this backstage before they get on. I know it's it's maybe even more of a mental thing at that point. Yeah, at that point, it's like you, you want to get people in their zone too, right? Yeah. Get them focused. But it, it's do just enjoy, conditioning. Do you enjoy going backstage now? Does it still have the same, uh, you know? Yeah, but I enjoy the process a lot more. Like, I enjoy the process of getting someone to that point. I don't just enjoy, like, hey, let's go on stage. I want to rush it. Like, I just like getting them to that point, seeing them evolve, seeing people progress, which I think a lot of people don't like. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about that side, the positive side. We kind of hit you a little bit hard earlier on. And, no, you know, okay. some people at cost were calling asshole and all oh, that. Here we go. Let's talk about the positive side. I mean, I, I, mean, I know for me personally, I mean, uh, I like to make money. Obviously, who doesn't like to work and make a good living? However, when I see um, what it does to people, I'm sure there must be times where someone who was down and out maybe, you know, had a really uh, car accident or had cancer or something there and then came to you and worked with you and then you helped transform their lives. Are there, are there people particularly that, that maybe stood out to you? I mean, we work with so many people from, you know, whether it's um, women, 
that have gone through, you know, abusive relationships and, you know, people that have Divorced, you know, yeah. lost, you know, is there anything in particular? Is there anyone that may stand out a young guy, anyone? I, yeah. I actually one of guy. my good friends who, who's been my client for about four years, he was 28, which was two years ago. And he lost his baby and his wife within the same month. Oh, you know, boy. and then imagine being able to just, you know, wow. so fitness it's, is it's just like a therapy. It, it's a great thing. It's an outlet for people. It's the, yeah. something that keeps you stable in life, right? If you have that routine, you have that stability in your life. It well, people are looking up to you, right? I mean, there's, there's a responsibility. Like I said earlier, you know, it's not just feeding these people. It's also motivating them. And inspiring, right? I mean, this yeah. is and it's what people don't understand reason. about fitness. They look at all, all stuff like I know in my life, it's like whenever I'm going through some shit, it's like look back, and that's something you can focus on. And just for two hours, you forget what's happening, right? And that's what people two do. hours are you doing two hour workouts? Brother, what kind of training? You're CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the phone half yeah, the yeah, time, yeah, obviously. Yeah, let's get iPhone serious. lifting or what? Yeah. No, I do eyebrow I'm lifts. Exaggerating. Twenty minutes. I spend twenty minutes doing eyebrows. But you know, it's 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 different. So it's. It's so many things that people who haven't done it don't really understand. It's not just these vain people looking in the mirror. It's a lot more. And until you're into it, you don't understand it. Right. Well, I think obviously you guys can relate. You know, you own a fitness magazine. And but I think just naturally the human body is meant to do work, physical work, right? And without doing that physical work, you're doing your body a disservice. You're doing your mind a disservice. Like I'll go some days where I'm just tired by 3 p.m., 4 p.m. You know, I've been up all morning working with people and then I'll work out at 3 PM. I didn't eat anything. I didn't drink anything. And then I have more energy. So you're creating internal energy through working out through, through secreting hormones into your bloodstream through being able to release things like endorphins, release adrenaline into your bloodstream. How do you handle naturally? How do you handle stress? Working out. Number one mentally is there anything you do is there anything you practice do you have any certain morning routines this is why it's very important for me that i work out first thing in the morning because if i don't the stress accumulates and i it's just it's too much for me so i need to train in the morning and just focus and it's just kind of like a an an outlet sets your tone yeah so what time do you typically get up at 6 a.m not too early 6 a.m and do you eat you have some breakfast no i always work out without any food and then yeah, now are you going to your gym? You go to different gyms? What do you do? You think I would go to another gym? What's that? You think I would go to another gym? <laughs> you think? Yes. So, what kind of uh, what kind of work are you doing nowadays? What are you currently up to? What's your routine like? Uh, right now, I just train almost all my body parts in one day, so full body every day. You had some pretty bad injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Now, tell me how uh, how did it affect you, not just physically but mentally? When you're, I had a couple phone calls with you. You didn't sound like you were you know, doing too well because it's, yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a, spoke, that back pain. It's that pain where I know you, you can barely move. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we spoke a few times when I was going through that injury. It's just, it's, it's rough. I used to lay on the floor all day, you know, I couldn't really do anything. I was taking a lot of painkillers. So it's just really brutal. And then, you know, having a business and owning a business and trying to maintain that or even try to grow that while, you know, you're, you're out of service or out of commission then starts to eat away at you mentally. So it's like all the worst things. Like you're not working out, which is something you enjoy doing. You know, you're not moving at all. So, you know, that's a huge disservice to the, for, for you mentally. You're not doing your work, which is what you love doing. You're not going anywhere. You know, it's like four, three months before I did any, like was able to even go anywhere without being able to like have to sit down, you know, or lay down. 
So I couldn't go to a mall. I couldn't. I didn't even go to a mall for like six, seven months after I got injured. Did you hide this? Was this something that people knew about? Oh, I, I hid it because I knew the way people are is they're gonna look at one thing and say, "Oh, that's why he's doing X." You know, like I made. I got four people to win a national show, the Toronto Pro Show, during that period, and nobody well, you're, knew. You're going the pain through the pain. But if if I told people I was going through that, then they would say, you know, they'd look for any excuse. Oh, you replied to my email late because you're this. Or, you know, it's just people always look for the worst in things, right? So I just kind of hit it until after I went through it. And then, you know, later in 2018, I, I, I talked about it, but I hit it up until then. What's the game plan for the rest of the year? What do you, what do you got on uh, lined up? Well, now that our, our gym is done and, you know, I finished school, now we're just focused on business, nothing else, right? We have the foundation set. Um, we're filming a lot of YouTube content. We're filming a lot of videos. We're putting out a lot of content. You want to name off some of the people you're working with right now? Maybe your team? Yeah, sure. Leo, uh, Ben, um, and then all of our employees, all of our staff and hammer star trainers. Yeah. Julia, Tasha, Shane, Jace, Megan. That's a good, a good lineup there. Yeah. Where can people find you online? Um, at Amber, the hammer or on YouTube, Amber, the hammer, search hammerfitness.com you'll come across all of our stuff yeah i mean is there uh, any uh, last uh, remarks we got here before we wrap things up is there anyone you want to thank anyone uh, anyone you want to call out need the out? toronto pro start show some <laughs> start some yeah. Beef? yeah how about that uh, besides costa we're yeah, we already got beef. it yeah, I'm already usually, deep. i usually use the toronto pro show as a day to settle all my beefs anyway yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. it's like a mafia yeah. uh, mafia daughter's wedding yeah. well i guess if anyone has beefs or actually want to give us some compliments to come by the insight fitness booth because i'm pretty sure uh, amber will be there we'll be doing some photos and we actually we actually may do uh, some uh, podcasts there hey eh, costa what well, do you think i'm down can we um, get Larry Wheels there? Who's Larry Wheels? <laughs> we'll have Amber there, right, Amber? Yeah, more important. All right, well, Amber, I really appreciate you coming Appreciate you coming in and, and talking to us. And I, hopefully I don't think it was uh, that that uh, painful. No, it's good. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate everything you've done also, helping me get in the magazines. Absolutely. And giving me opportunities. So, you know, you're young. You're young. There's a, there's a lot more that I think we could be doing. Hopefully we'll start seeing you more on our website and, and having, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Following. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Costa. Thanks. All right.